Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good Thursday morning. Scary moments for hundreds of airline passengers overnight. Multiple incidents forcing emergency landings. It's March 2nd. This is Today. Chaos in the skies. Passengers rush to the hospital after severe turbulence slams a flight out of Texas. Debris seen littering the cabin in its aftermath. Meanwhile, another flight forced to land after a fire erupts in an overhead bin. All this just hours after a Pennsylvania airport was evacuated when TSA agents found hidden explosives inside checked luggage. We'll have the very latest on the string of alarming incidents. Wicked weather. Severe storms set to sweep across the South today. Potential tornadoes and flooding major concerns, while tens of millions from the Midwest to Maine are back on alert for even more snow. Al has your full forecast. Making their case. Alec Murdoch's defense team getting its turn this morning after prosecutors delivered their closing argument, saying the serial liar was solely responsible for the deaths of his wife and son. And fooled Maggie and Paul, too. And they paid for it with their lives. Murdoch's fate could be in the hands of a jury by the end of the day. A live report from the courthouse just ahead. Breaking overnight, booked. A college football star and top NFL prospect Jalen Carter turning himself in. Charged in connection with a fatal car crash that took the lives of his Georgia teammate and a staffer. The new details emerging about that accident and the uncertain future he now faces. Those stories plus Frogmore, no more. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle being asked to leave the iconic cottage they were gifted by the Queen. We're live in London with a decision that's only widening that royal rift. And remarkable reveal overnight. A new discovery inside the Great Pyramid that could help unlock its ancient secrets. We've got your first look at the find thousands of years in the making. Today, Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And a good morning to you. Welcome to today. We're so glad you are with us on a Thursday morning. Chanel and I are holding down the fort while Savannah and Hoda are out. And it is a busy Thursday morning. A lot to get to. So we're going to start with that string of major incidents overnight involving airplanes and airports across the country. That includes an emergency landing in Washington, D.C., where major turbulence sent at least seven people to the hospital. Another emergency landing in Florida after a battery fire in an overhead bin sent smoke across the cabin. Then there was a major security scare in Pennsylvania. Suspect there now in custody accused of trying to bring explosives onto a plane. NBC's Emily Ikeda is covering all in force this morning. Emily, good morning to you. Good morning. As you mentioned, it's a string of scares. Parts of that airport in Pennsylvania evacuated after TSA agents made that alarming discovery in checked luggage. And overnight, those two emergency landings rattling passengers and sending multiple people to the hospital. Overnight, chaos and fear in the sky after two airlines made emergency landings. The Airbus A330 experienced extreme turbulence. 
Seven people were taken to the hospital after a Lufthansa flight traveling from Texas to Germany experienced significant turbulence and had to land at a Washington airport. The plane completely just like dropped and everything, all the food and everything just flew everywhere. And it was pretty scary, honestly, for a little bit. Earlier in the day, a Spirit Airlines flight flying from Dallas to Orlando was also diverted after a battery in an overhead bin caught on fire. All of a sudden, just a ton of smoke came out. So I yelled fire a few times. Frightening moments ensued as the cabin quickly filled with smoke. But thanks to quick reaction from those on board, the fire was extinguished and the plane landed safely in Jacksonville, Florida. There was a retired fireman that jumped up and a flight crew came in. They got it put out. The flight crew did a really nice job. Ten people were transported to the hospital, according to the Jacksonville Fire and Rescue Department. It comes amid a serious scare at a Pennsylvania airport after authorities say a man who is now detained tried to bring an explosive device on board an Allegiant airplane heading to Orlando. According to federal officials, 40-year-old Mark Muffley checked a suitcase at Lehigh Valley International Airport Monday morning that contained a combustible device. About an hour later, when TSA agents screened the bag, it set off alarms. According to charging documents, agents found a circular compound containing a granular type of powder often used in commercial-grade fireworks. Authorities say the device, which was found hidden in the lining of the suitcase, also contains several fuses. The FBI was called to the scene and part of the airport was evacuated. Investigators say surveillance cameras captured this picture of Muffley leaving the airport just after being paged to come to the security office. The FBI was able to arrest the suspect without incident at his home Monday night. He's since been charged with possession of an explosive in an airport and attempting to have it placed on an aircraft. Muffley is set to appear in court later this afternoon. I should note we've reached out to his attorney for comment, but have not heard back. Let's go back to that, that turbulent Texas flight for yeah. a second, Emily. What more, if anything, have we learned about how it all unfolded on board? So the FAA says the crew reported experiencing severe turbulence some 40,000 feet while flying over Tennessee before eventually landing safely at Dulles. Passengers say it hit during dinner service and they felt the aircraft drop several times. You can see meal trays and napkins littered on the floor in cell phone video. An investigation into the incidents has since been launched. That had to be terribly scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Emily, All thank right. you. Another big story this morning. Extreme weather, including more snow for tens of millions. And across the south, the risk of severe storms and potential tornadoes. Al is here with the very latest on what to expect. Al, good morning. Yeah, guys, going to be trouble in the skies, on on the ground, a real mess. We're talking about 48 million people impacted by winter storm watches, winter storm warnings. We even got flood warnings as well, stretching from Indiana and Ohio all the way down into Arkansas and parts of Oklahoma. We've got snow advisories up into the northeast. You can see the storms already firing up, and this is what we're most worried about for today. We've got the severe storm risk. And in fact, you can see this moderate risk of severe weather for large and strong tornadoes, especially late afternoon into the overnight hours. This area, this hatched area, this is the greatest threat for strong tornadoes. EF2 or stronger from Waco, Dallas, Little Rock, Memphis, Jackson, and Alexandria. So we're going to be watching that closely. Tomorrow, the threat moves to the east and to the north for Knoxville, Montgomery, Charlotte. Few tornadoes 
most likely very win- uh, strong winds, and winds are going to be a big problem. Uh, also, the rain. We've got some rainfall rates from Indianapolis to Dallas up to two inches per hour. We've got flood watches from Oklahoma to Ohio, and this is where we're going to have some big problems also. The winds, wind gusts, 43 miles per hour in Detroit, 48 in Memphis, 44 in Pittsburgh. Down trees, power lines going to be a big problem, and the snow, a narrow band of very heavy snow in the Great Lakes. Snowfall rates one to two inches per hour. We could see four to maybe eight inches in Chicago, six plus in Flint, one to three in Buffalo. Boston could see three to six inches of snow as well. So a very turbulent time over the next 48 hours. Guys? All right. We'll be keeping a close eye on the weather. Something else we are watching very closely today, Alec Murdoch's double murder trial. It could be heading to the jury in just a matter of hours. The defense presenting its closing argument this morning after prosecutors argued Murdoch was the only person with motive and means to kill his wife and son. We've got complete coverage for you this morning. We'll start at the courthouse once again in Walterboro, South Carolina. NBC's Katie Beck is at her post. Katie, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Prosecutors painting Alec Murdoch in closing as a man of prominence who simply could not live with the shame of his own bad decisions. They say in the months before the murders, Murdoch was facing a gathering storm. He was about to be exposed for stealing millions of dollars, and it was a mounting pressure for which they say his wife and son paid the ultimate price. Prosecutors telling the jury on Wednesday, Alec Murdoch is a skilled liar who murdered his wife Maggie and son Paul as his world was falling apart. They say the former attorney was facing questions about stealing millions from his firm and clients and a civil suit seeking millions from him after his son Paul was involved in a deadly boat accident. The entire illusion of his life was about to be altered. He couldn't live for that. In a passionate closing argument that lasted hours, the lead prosecutor painting Murdoch as a calculated killer and liar who manufactured an elaborate cover-up. But they say Murdoch was unable to refute one critical piece of evidence, placing him at the scene of the crime. This kennel video in which Alec, Maggie and Paul can be heard speaking minutes before the murders. Murdoch admitting on the stand that he repeatedly lied to investigators about being there in part blaming an opioid addiction which he says caused paranoia. Why in the world would an innocent, reasonable father and husband lie about that? Earlier in the day, jurors visited the Murdoch property known as Moselle to walk the area near the kennels, the feed room where Paul was killed, and outside the Murdoch home, even seeing a bullet hole in this window. During the trial, Murdoch repeatedly denied killing his wife or son. The state also suggesting in the minutes after the murders, Murdoch made multiple calls and texts on the way to his mother's house to manufacture an alibi. Among those he called his friend Chris Wilson, who recently sat down with Craig. How hard was it to agree to testify against your friend? It's hard because there's a relationship there that I thought was based on trust and respect and all of those things that when you find out it's not, it's hard to relive that. Prosecutors telling jurors Murdoch lied to everyone he ever knew. And he fooled Maggie and Paul, too. And they paid for it with their lives. Don't let him fool you, too. 
In another dramatic moment in closing, prosecutor Creighton Waters describing Maggie Murdoch's final moments, saying she heard those gunshots and started running, running toward her baby when she herself was mowed down by the only person that was conclusively there that night. Katie Beck for us in South Carolina. Katie, thank you. Let's bring in NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett. Laura, good morning to you once again. Good morning, guys. Creighton Waters, uh, lead prosecutor for the state. Took him a while, I thought, to to sort of land that plane. But Mm. when he did land it, it was a a pretty solid landing. What did you make of, of, of the prosecution's close? I thought the prosecutor was on the strongest footing when he stuck to the timeline, when he made sort of an appeal to common sense, and when he focused on the lies. I think when he started to delve back into the financial evidence, that's when you saw the jury sort of get a little bit sleepy again, at least according to reports in the courtroom. And I think, of course, the biggest piece of evidence here, guys, is that he is at the scene of the crime right before the murders take place. And what you saw the prosecutor say is, why would someone lie about that? If they're perfectly innocent, they have nothing to hide, why lie about that? And of course, the defense could say, well, maybe he was worried about being framed. But I think that that's where the prosecutor really sort of Mm. made the most headway yesterday. It definitely grabbed my attention when you talked about the number of steps in that short amount of time. The other the prosecution's theme for his motive was this whole talk about a gathering storm. Was that persuasive? What did he mean by that? In theory, I think that could be persuasive. Of the idea is that you were just, you had so much pressure on you, and the release of that pressure ended up in the murder of his wife and child. But it's never been an intuitive motive, I think. Mm. The idea that that was going to invoke so much sympathy, it would distract everyone away from the financial crimes. What better way to invite scrutiny than to have a double homicide take place on your property? So that's mm. why it's, it's never been an intuitive argument, and I think you're going to hear the defense say that in closing today. Let's talk about the defense for a moment. Jim Griffin, the attorney for Alec Murdoch, one of the two attorneys there at the table. He's going to be presenting the the closing arguments. If you were advising Jim Griffin this morning, what would you suggest he do? Lean into the kennel video, which everyone agrees is the most important thing because it places Murdoch at the scene of the crime. Lean into it and say, you don't hear any screaming. Mm. You don't hear any animosity. You don't hear any fighting. So this is a happy family. If if your argument is that this is what happened right before the murders, you would think there would have been some sort of fight, some sort of commotion. Lean into it and say, you don't hear any of that, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Laura, Laura, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And a quick reminder, once again, we're going to have a lot more on the twists and the turns of this trial and perhaps reaction to a verdict as well. We'll have a special two hour edition of Dateline tomorrow night, nine o'clock Eastern, eight o'clock Central here on NBC. Now to a major development overnight tied to a fatal car crash involving members of the University of Georgia's football team. Star player Jalen Carter, a projected top pick in the upcoming NFL draft, booked by police just hours after a warrant for his arrest in connection with the case was issued. NBC's Stephanie Gosk has the very latest on this one. Steph, good morning. Hey, Chanel, good morning. It's been emotional whiplash for the Bulldogs, who had been celebrating the school's second straight national championship that night. Now, Carter's NFL future is up in the air, with even Georgia's coach calling the charges, quote, deeply concerning, as the community still is coping with that devastating loss. This morning, top NFL prospect and former Georgia Bulldog Jalen Carter is facing charges in connection to a fatal crash in January. His teammate Devin Willock and team recruiter Chandler LaCroix were killed. According to jail records, the star player turned himself into authorities overnight, was booked into the athens Clark County Jail, and released a short time later. According to an arrest warrant obtained earlier by NBC News, police filed two misdemeanor charges against Carter for reckless driving and drag racing. 
This surveillance video obtained by our NBC News affiliate appears to show two cars matching police descriptions of the vehicles allegedly racing minutes before the crash. Police have not confirmed the cars in the video were the ones involved. Investigators finding both Carter and LaCroix drove at high rates of speed, overtaking other motorists and switching between lanes. LaCroix said to be driving over 100 miles an hour with a blood alcohol level more than twice the legal limit. It was a car that definitely sped away. But there are questions surrounding Carter's statements to police about where he was at the time of the crash. According to documents reviewed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, he left the scene apparently before police arrived, but then returned nearly an hour and a half later and gave shifting accounts about the crash. When he returned, Carter initially told police he was nearly a mile away when the crash happened, making it seem like it was a single car accident, but later acknowledged he was actually alongside the other car, according to the documents, which have not been seen by NBC News. This week, Carter has been meeting with teams in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine, but left shortly after his warrant was issued. In a statement posted on Twitter, Jalen writing in part, numerous media reports also circulated containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023, adding, when all of the facts are known, I will be fully exonerated. Now with charges laying in wait, an NFL future hangs in the balance. It's a bit early right now to say definitively that his draft stock is going to plummet. But we have seen many situations over the years where off-the-field issues arise. As for the University of Georgia, the athletics department will be conducting its own review to fully understand the circumstances surrounding January's fatal crash. Guys, he was expected to be a top five draft pick. Sat on so many levels. All right, Stephanie, thank you. All right, let's go to California right now, where a massive sinkhole opened up yesterday. Check this out. The sinkhole actually swallowed an entire SUV. It happened right in front of a high school in Santa Paula. Uh, It's about an hour northwest of Los Angeles, give or take. Thankfully, no one was inside that SUV at the time, but officials did cancel school for the remainder of the day. They're also canceling canceling school again today as a Mm. precaution. The cause of that sinkhole is still under investigation this morning. Look at that. My goodness. All right, let's head back over to Al for the rest of the forecast. All right, well, the good news is out west, we're looking at a decent amount of sunshine, with the exception maybe of coastal Oregon on into the Pacific Northwest as a front comes in there. Snow showers and cold through the four corners into the Rockies. We are most worried about this record tornado outbreak we could be seeing. Record highs coming into the Gulf Coast. Look for showers into the southeast. Few snow showers up through northern New England. Plenty of sunshine around the Great Plains, Great Lakes and the Central Plains. And that is your latest weather. All right. Thank you, Al. Still ahead, new drama inside the royal family. Harry and Meghan evicted from Frogmore Cottage, their British home away from home, gifted to them by the Queen. We're live at Buckingham Palace with what we're learning this morning. Also, an eye-opening discovery at the Great Pyramid revealed overnight. Your first look at what these high-tech scans have detected that could help unlock several ancient mysteries. But first, this is Today on NBC. Wow. In life. We're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% 
93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In-laws, love them or hate them, you're pretty much stuck with them. And when you're a ruler in the Middle Ages, that can be a serious problem. It might even land you dead. I'm Dan Jones, and on season four of This Is History, I'm telling the story of England's weirdest king, Henry III. He's in way over his head, and he's surrounded by bloodthirsty relatives with their eyes on his throne. To listen, search This Is History and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Three, two, one... Engines full power, and lift off, the through six, go Dragon, go Falcon. We are back at 7.30 with that spectacular sight in the Florida sky overnight, a successful SpaceX launch. The Crew-6 astronaut mission now heading to the International Space Station, and our guy who covers space, Tom Costello, joins us from the Kennedy Space Center. And once again, my friend, you had a front row seat. How'd it go? How'd it look? Yeah, pretty, pretty spectacular. 1234 a.m. this morning. We were delayed by a few days because they had a clogged filter issue they had to work out. But then just after midnight, they lifted off the historic launch pad 39A, which has lifted off Apollo missions and shuttle missions. And now we have Crew 6 headed for the International Space Station on board a crew of four. And they include two Americans as well as an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates and a Russian cosmonaut. Now, that is the second Russian cosmonaut to go up on a U.S. spacecraft in the last six months. By the way, Americans are going up also on Russian spacecraft. And that's despite the fact that America and Russia right now, the relationship is right now at its worst in decades with the war in Ukraine. I've asked all the crew members, both Russians and Americans, how do you deal with that on the station? That's a lot of tension. Do you discuss Putin? And do you discuss Ukraine or do you just leave it off the table? And all of them said, we don't go there. We've got very important issues. Our lives depend on each other. We simply don't talk politics. And Russia and America continue this relationship in space because they're partners in the International Space Station and they need each other. And so this crew, which will dock to the station tomorrow, is arriving just as they've also had some drama on the station. They've had two Russian spacecraft over the last few months develop leaks uh, coolant leaks. One of them, uh, a, a cargo ship, they had to free up and let go, and it burned up in the atmosphere on reentry. The other one, a Soyuz spacecraft, was supposed to be the lifeboat in case they had to evacuate the station. So they had been without a lifeboat for one American and two Russians. Russia just launched another replacement lifeboat, a Soyuz, last week. But that's been the concern. What has been causing these micro leaks? They think it's a micrometeor strike that have taken out the coolant systems on a Soyuz and a Progress cargo ship. Again, they dock tomorrow, six months on the space station, doing some 200. 
hundred experiments. So a lot of universities are watching very closely mm. to see their experiments mm. are going to be uh, completed. Guys, back to you. All right. Cool. Uh, cool Tom stuff. Costello there from the Kennedy Space Center on that SpaceX launch. Tom, thank you. That's great. All right. Well, now to a new royal rift making worldwide headlines. Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, asked to vacate Frogmore Cottage, the historic residence on the grounds of Windsor Castle that was a gift to the couple from the late queen. NBC's Kelly Cobiella is at Buckingham Palace this morning with more. Kelly, good morning. Chanel, good morning to you. Yeah, a big emotional blow to Prince Harry and Meghan Markle now without a permanent home here in the UK after being told to move out of Frogmore Cottage. Overnight, a spokesperson for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle saying the couple is being kicked out of their Windsor home, telling NBC News the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been requested to vacate their residence at Frogmore Cottage. The cottage, owned by the Crown Estate and just minutes from Windsor Castle, was a gift to the couple from Queen Elizabeth. It's been their official residence in the UK since the birth of their son, Archie. They talked about it in their recent Netflix docuseries. The eviction coming after the couple was critical of the royal family in that Netflix series and in Prince Harry's explosive memoir, Spare. The message that the King has sent by taking Frogmore Cottage away from them is... You, Harry and Meghan, have made it very clear that you see your future in the United States. You've made your bed and you can lie in it. And I am not going to provide you with a bed, courtesy of the royal family, in the United Kingdom. The couple were heavily criticized after spending a reported $3.2 million of taxpayer money renovating the country estate before moving in, later repaying those costs after stepping down as senior royals, but hoping to hold on to the property. Frogmore Cottage is a very private, very secure house on an estate where Harry and Meghan's privacy was never intruded upon. So in some ways, not having that in the United Kingdom will be a wrench for them. Harry and Meghan, who are now raising son Archie and daughter Lilibet in California, renewed a long-term lease for Frogmore Cottage in 2020, staying there last year while in the UK for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and throwing a birthday party for Archie. Now that home away from home, no longer an option. Kelly, this news comes ahead of Charles's coronation in May. How might this impact Harry and Meghan attending? Well, they are expected to get an invitation, although there's no confirmation that that's been received yet. And from a practical standpoint, there are other places they can stay, other secure places, other royal residences like Windsor Castle, Kensington Palace, even here at Buckingham Palace. But from an emotional standpoint, it's quite different. Prince Harry, you'll remember, said that the door was open to mending fences, that the the ball was in his family's court. This latest decision likely caused some real hurt feelings once again. So it doesn't seem that there's any sign reconciliation is coming anytime soon. I have to mention, we did reach out to Buckingham Palace on this story. They said they wouldn't be commenting. Chanel? All right. Kelly, thank you. The royal rift appears to be widening even more. We were just talking, uh, you know, the book Spare. Mm -hmm. It's a different take when you listen to it. I've been listening to it. On Audible. And And when you uh, hear Harry's voice. So I think, yeah, the healing is going to take some time. That's for sure. Coming up here on a Thursday morning, the makers of some life-saving insulin products responding to pressure over sky-high prices. We're going to take you inside the move that could help a whole lot of folks afford their medications. But first, breaking overnight, Molly Hunter has the story behind an exciting discovery at the Great Pyramid, thousands of years in the making. Good morning. 
Hey guys, good morning. It's super exciting. It is being called the biggest discovery in a century. We are getting a look behind the north face of the Great Pyramid. I'll have more coming up right after this. Join me, Esther Perel, every Monday in my office on Where Should We Begin? I'm talking to couples and individuals about love and work, about turning conflict into connection. More than ever, our relationships define the quality of our lives. So let's explore the myriad of relational challenges together. See you Monday. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back at 741 this morning on In-Depth Today. Ancient secrets being unlocked deep inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. Apparently, while we were all sleeping, archaeologists in Egypt revealed what they say are some exciting new discoveries. NBC's Molly Hunter has that story. Molly, this sounds like it's a pretty big deal. Hey, guys, good morning. That's right. All of this happening while we were sleeping in the sands of Egypt. So what they are saying, and this is extremely exciting, they're saying this is the biggest discovery of the last century. So back in 2016, scientists detected what they call a thermal anomaly. They believe there was a cavity or a corridor behind the north face of the Great Pyramid. Well, now they're telling us what it is, and they're giving us a look inside. This morning, a new discovery inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. Behind these gigantic chevrons above the main entrance, for the first time, a look inside, a precise analysis, a real characterization of the North Face Corridor. This discovery, in my opinion, is the most important discovery on the 21st century. The towering structure has for centuries kept secrets out of reach of scientists and archaeologists. And now, for the first time, Images showing a vaulted ceiling, a corridor measuring 30 feet with five chambers designed to release pressure. This corridor, it's uh, protecting or reducing the pressure on something beneath it. It might be chamber, might be something else. Very soon we can figure out what is the main issue of this uh, corridor. Inside the Great Pyramid, the possible tombs, the unknown artifacts, even the ancient construction techniques, it's all fascinated the world for the last 4,500 years. It's wonderful that we keep getting new developments and learn new things. Back in 2016, a cavity behind the North Face was first discovered. Scientists believed it was horizontal, and now they know it is, with perhaps a small upward slope. After seven years of exhaustive investigation, a true picture of what it looks like. 
Launched back in 2015, Scan Pyramid set out to penetrate the walls of this ancient pyramid without disrupting them. No drilling required, no excavations. Using advanced cosmic ray scans in the form of muons, scientists can peer behind the thick limestone walls with technology far more powerful than any X-ray. But this morning, the questions remain. What else is behind the North Face? What's below that corridor? What is it hiding? So many more questions, of course, but as always with these big discoveries, we want to know what was next to that, what was under that, what else is to come. What's so incredible, though, you guys, is that as technology advances, the discoveries become more frequent, the discoveries become bigger. But something like this, for example, they didn't have to do any digging, they didn't have to do any excavating. It was all done without removing one single stone from the Great Pyramid. It's pretty incredible. It's fascinating. It is wild. And what a cliffhanger, Molly. Literally, there's more to come. What yeah. do you think, Al? What's it hiding? I Thank you, Molly. It, I think it's the Pharaoh's man cave. <laughs> Widescreen hieroglyphics. He's what they were watching the big game. <laughs> I can pass off some bone with yeah, that. There we you did. go. I kind of like. I like it. <laughs> I wonder if they had chips back then. I don't know. Some version and, of it, I'm sure. I'm telling you. Now we have been talking seriously. 27 million people at risk. We're really worried about these tornadoes, uh, especially this afternoon into the overnight hours for EF2 plus tornadoes from Waco, Little Rock, Memphis, and if we've been you think we've been talking about tornadoes a lot so far early this year you are correct 2023 so far 218 tornado reports from california to the south all the way to new jersey over 21 states this is the third most active start to the year for tornadoes this is the dating back to 2005 most active january on record oklahoma has seen its most active january february and march so a lot of tornadoes going on a lot of that fueled by record warmth that's been going on been uh, chilly for march out west but here in the east and the south or Orlando could set a record today. Same for Fort Myers, Mobile, Galveston Galveston could set a record. And then tomorrow that warmth goes from Lexington down to Orlando. Finally starts to cool off as we get on into the weekend. And that is your latest weather. All right. Thank you, Al. Still ahead, a man who's on an unusual diet, eating only McDonald's for 100 days straight. It is quickly, as you can imagine, made him a social media star. But is it helping him lose weight We'll find out when he joins us live. Uh, First, though, uh, we've got a really incredible display of sportsmanship to share with you on the boost. And we'll do that right after this. We are back as we welcome in Mr. Daly. Good morning. Also time for that morning boost. We have a good one for you guys today. A beautiful act of kindness and sportsmanship on display last weekend. This is in Lakeland, Florida. That happened during a college softball game between Grandview University and Southeastern University. Grandview's Caitlin Moses hit a go-ahead grand slam home run. But yes, as she was rounding the bases, she injured her leg and she was unable to walk, as you see here. So rule state, her teammates are not allowed to help her around the bases. So her opponents from Southeastern, they stepped in, as you see here, and carried her around so she could touch each base and home plate to make the Grand Slam official. Uh. Moses asked for a hug from both of the women who carried her. Those opponents later said that she deserved it and they felt like it was just the right thing to do. 
And that's why there women are better than men, right there. there you go. Because we would have been true. like, ah, hell, I'm bad. too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Guess you're not getting that point. That's right. Let's yeah. give that a rules. I love that. Good sportsmanship, ladies. Yeah, love yes. to see that. All right, guys, coming up on Popstart, we've got some news. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, yes. Netflix is making an announcement about a prequel. So we'll tell you what we know about that. Plus, Jenna is celebrating a milestone for her book club and Read Across America Day with a heartwarming surprise for a bus driver who spends his free time teaching kids how to read. We'll have that coming up in just a moment. You won't want to miss that one.